Welcome to episode 20 of the Dave Witty Show. Your host, Dave Witty. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Big thanks to Mike Lynch for coming on last episode. Lots of laughs in that episode and uh, just a wicked dude. I mean, so much fun just chatting with Mike and, and you know, hearing about all the creative outlets and all the stuff that he's up to. Uh, yeah, so big thanks to Mike for coming on. I uh, got another great episode this week, guys. Uh, Mark Manning of the band Rum Ragged, uh, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, awesome, awesome guy, you know, super down to earth and, uh, you know, in one of the, you know, Biggest bands, up and coming bands, you know, in, in the in the province right now. Uh, we're chatting a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, you know, especially their Juno nomination, which is absolutely massive for uh, Newfoundland traditional folk band. I mean, you got to hand it to these guys. They work so hard. Uh, Mark, Aaron, Zach, and Colin. I mean, just really, really great guys and, you know, phenomenal musicians, like incredible, credible musicians. So uh, make sure you do stick around for that, that you know, great interview I had with Mark and, and if, just a great chat, just all about what's going on and in the world of rum ragged um i've been i've been keeping busy myself i mean everything's starting to pick up here especially with uh, travel open up the newfoundland uh been definitely getting a lot busier which is absolutely amazing been really really nice to uh to get on on some different stages again um it's funny you know i, I was so used to playing so much that it never really bothered me in it in the last couple of weeks I've, I've been playing a lot and i've been finding my voice has been been strained a bit which is I mean, a, a good thing, I guess, because it means I'm busy. So I've uh, got to learn to uh, to kind of harness that a bit and, and try to, to, to figure that out. But I've um, got another couple of busy weeks coming up. I mean, I'm at uh, I'm back at Kelly's Pub here now, guys, the corner of George Street. Uh, one of the best little pubs in St. John's. I love it there. It's, it's, it's always been my kind of home base. Uh, you can catch me there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, every week. Buys $15 jugs of beer. It's the cheapest beer special you're going to find on the street. I mean, $15 jugs, uh, two-for-one wings all the time, and yours truly there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No cover. Uh, so come on down and, and join me for, uh, for a few tunes and, and, some, and uh, you know, a bite to eat and, and a couple pops. I mean, always a great little spot there. The staff is always fantastic fantastic as well so uh you can catch me there uh this weekend i'm playing in um in beautiful dildo i'm at the dildo brewing company um uh saturday evening 6 30 to 9 30 so if you're out around the uh the dildo area by all means stop in and and uh and catch a few tunes really really looking forward to that gig it's always a, always a good laugh out there and uh you know the folks out there are always fantastic they love hearing a bit of music and the staff there is fantastic great food and obviously great beers there on tap so you know come on out and uh, check out a few tunes if you're in the area uh tampa bay lightning guys they they took it down stanley cup champions uh if you're not a fan of hockey i'm sure you're happy that the stanley cup is over because you won't have to hear me talk about it for a few for a few weeks anyways um you know big congratulations to tampa bay lightning uh big congratulations to the montreal Canadiens who had an incredible uh playoff run you got a hand at these guys i mean just an incredible run uh completely counted out the whole time and uh, they made it a really interesting uh playoff run really really fun to watch uh tampa you know i don't know you can say what you want about tampa uh, they're probably one of the most stacked teams i've seen in my life honestly i know everybody's talking about this 18 mil over the cap but i mean it's, it was a rule that wasn't in place i mean i think it's changed for next year where uh, if you get an injured player it's going to count towards the cap etc cetera, etc cetera. but i mean they pulled it off these the team is stacked i mean 
depth is incredible. The defense is insane and, and, you know, arguably one of the best goaltenders in the world in Vasilevsky. So uh, it's been kind of fun watching that. The Kucherov interviews have been insane. Um, Russians just know how to do it differently. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Um, so you know, you know that was uh, pretty interesting to watch. And and you know, big congrats obviously to the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning, and obviously all their million million dollar contracts. <laughs> uh, it's uh, middle of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays right now. Uh, having a decent year. Um, they're sitting forty five and forty two right now. Third in the AL East, uh, looking like about eight, eight and a half games back of first of the AL East. Uh, it's too bad we really couldn't string together some pitching, I mean, because the hitting has just been phenomenal. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero is just leading the league in a ton of different aspects besides Otani in home runs. I mean, uh, young guy, really nice to see. Uh, hopefully they can pull it together for the uh, the second half of the season, really make a good playoff run because I think this team has what it takes. As long as we can get a little pitching little pitching put in, uh, that'll be great. Uh, some local, local stuff going on. They announced today, Tuesday, when I'm recording here, uh, or actually, I think it was yesterday that the uh, the regatta is going ahead. The race races are going ahead. If you don't know what the regatta is, if you're listening from outside of Newfoundland, the regatta is um, it's uh, an event that happens here. It's the, actually the oldest sporting event in North American history. It's been happening since the 1800s here, down at Kitty Vitty Lake, and you know a bunch of boat races, and they usually have concessions and games of chance, and you know it's a fun day for your family. I mean, it's just kind of a tradition now. It happens. It's actually uh, one of the funny things about the regatta is that it's actually <clears throat> it's a it's a civic holiday, but it's based upon it's the only holiday I believe that's based upon the weather. So if if it's too windy, the races don't go ahead, and it gets pushed to the next day. I mean, this year they just announced that. I mean, due to COVID, they're not having any fans. They're not having any spectators. There's no games of chance. There's no concessions. Which is kind of a weird thing right now, especially with the way that the the cases have been going, the way that um, um, you know, first doses have been ad- administered. Uh, looks like second doses are you know are are doing really well as as well. So it's kind of a weird thing. I did read a couple of good points on 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 Twitter this morning. It was kind of like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't uh, the regatta committee's. At, at, they're not at fault or the government's not at fault because i mean the regatta is a huge thing to plan it's it's a year-long plan that kind of goes ahead and 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 you know what i mean to pull this thing off in three weeks is probably a little tougher than you would imagine so a little disappointing to hear that it's not going to be open to spectators in the public i mean because people love this event here in, in st john's it's a really really you know it's a tradition that families have and, and they go down and check out the races and, and get a little walk around the lake and a little game of crown and anchor hit the bear tent or whatever you're whatever you're into so uh, a little disappointing on the other side of it right across the lake there um iceberg alley was announced that that's going ahead which is a really really neat festival here in st john's um they basically put up a massive tent like a circus tent which i believe was actually uh disney euros tent i think they bought that off them i could be wrong on that but some, that's something i heard and um you know that's going ahead here in St. John's, just on the on the outskirts of Kitty Vitty Lake. There, ten day music festival where they bring in a bunch of great acts. Obviously, there's a bunch of local acts as well. Great food there. I think it's like a twenty five hundred capacity. Um, so kind of interesting that that's kind of going ahead inside, and the you know the uh, regatta outside is is not 
going to have spectators. But, I mean, I'm happy to see that the Iceberg Alley is going ahead. It's always a really fun festival to go down and check out. There's always something for everybody, whatever your musical taste is, to, to go and see. I mean, there's always a country night and hard rock night and traditional night and, you know, local night, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, hats off to, um, to, to the Iceberg Alley uh, team for, for really pulling that together and looking forward to seeing some of the uh, the musical acts that are going to be uh, for, coming for that. So really looking forward to that. Um, other than that, not a whole lot going on in my world. I mean, obviously keeping busy playing music and, and I still got the podcast going every, every second week. So thanks everybody who's been tuning in. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to flick this one over here now to, uh, my good friend, Mark Manningham, Rum Ragged. Uh, we had a great chat all about all sorts of different things, traditional music and, and a bunch of his, his trips with, with Rum Ragged and, and, um, you know, some of the festival touring and, and, uh, you know, everything that comes along with that. So make sure you stick around for a great interview with Mark Manning. And I'd like to welcome Mark Manning of the band Rum Ragged to the podcast. How you doing, Mark? Thanks for coming on today, man. Uh, best kind of day. Thanks for having me, man. How's everything? How's the band, man? I know, uh, I mean, COVID is, is, is it's starting to look like it's a little bit in the back door. I mean, things are starting to progress. How's, how's everything kind of looking for yourself? Yeah, things are starting to turn around. We're starting to see some more bookings and stuff come around. Uh, it's been a wild year for all of that, as you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, much like yourself, we've uh, we've taken the year to try to do some different things like you, you're doing with the podcast and just trying to, you know, keep things going. So when everything does open back up, we're prepared to get right back at it and go at it. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I mean, I want I want to talk about a bunch of that stuff. I want to talk about, you know, a little bit what was going on during COVID and, and you know, obviously some some post COVID stuff. Obviously, I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm, as much as, you know, there's stuff to talk about COVID. I mean, fuck COVID. I'd like to get rid of that eventually at some point and not have to talk about that all the time. But, you know, I really want to I really want to ask you some questions that I, I probably personally don't know myself. I mean, obviously, we're pretty good friends and we've played together over the years and, and stuff like that. But I mean, for the listeners and stuff, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, to kind of start right at the beginning. I mean, like where you kind of got your your love for music and, 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 and you know, kind of growing up on the Cape Shore. I mean, and what kind of like what music was for the Cape Shore and, and people like yourself growing up? Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm from St. Brides on the Cape Shore, at around uh, Placentia Bay and just on the coast of St. Mary's Bay. went to school with a lot of people from St. Mary's Bay. So it was like the Cape Shore encompasses both the bays. Um, a lot of great music up there, out there over the years. Uh, during my time of growing up, uh, it kind of had died off, I guess, a fair bit. Not a lot of people were playing. There was always a couple of players still around, but not a lot of people playing, not a lot of people touching bass with the traditional music that was there over the years. I was personally, uh, you know, played basketball at home. It was a big thing. And we listened to all different kinds of music growing up, classic rock and rap and everything. Never really super into Newfoundland and Labrador music. You were a big Jay-Z fan growing up, big right? Jay-Z. Still a big Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, no, um, yeah, we never really uh, listened to much of it growing up. But uh, it was always around in some way, shape or form. Our parents or grandparents listened to it. Um, it was at community concerts and different things like that. But um a teacher came out home when i was in grade nine i want to say it was uh robert colburn and when he did come out home he told us all at first day i'm gonna have you all sing before you leave here we were all like not a chance man like there's no way we plays basketball at lunchtime we're not coming up to the music room and uh he got us all going into it and then about a year after that, I think it would have been, uh, some of the guys were starting to go up to the music room around lunchtime, got me into playing the bass at first. And 
I uh, learned a bit of uh, how to go about the music with that kind of stuff. And more and more as that was all kind of progressing, we were noticing that we had a lot of songs and tunes at home that had not been anywhere else in Newfoundland or ever recorded. <clears throat> that really interested me because just liked history and that was like a part of uh, closest part of history that I could find about myself and find it through song. And um, yeah, I got from there to starting to play some gigs for weddings and high school things and on into eventually started playing at Rob Roy in St. John's. Myself and Zach, who's in the band now, actually started playing at Rob Roy together on Wednesday nights, I think it was. But uh, yeah, from there, met Aaron and things have been just going flat out ever since with the music. Yeah, no, and flat out, you nailed it. I mean, you guys are incredibly busy. Um, you mentioned uh, your teacher, Mr. Colburn, Robert Colburn. I mean, there's a real nice video uh, I remember seeing a couple of years ago where uh, it was at uh, Teachers Change Lives. And I mean, you were featured and, and it was also featured, Mr. Colburn. Real nice video. I mean, obviously, you've kept in touch with with uh, Mr. Colburn since. And I know you recently did the uh, the Holy Hair Choir thing, which involved Mr. Colburn as well, right? Yeah, so Mr. Colburn was our music teacher at home. He came out and he, like, literally put music back in our school, back in our community. Um, Incredible, man. Really, really yeah, neat. I mean, really for these like small communities that we grew up in, um, you know, the idea of the community concert was a big thing when I was like really young and my dad used to be in it and a few like, you know, different people around the community that I knew really well would be in the concerts and they were always like, you know, totally everyday people. But when I came to the community concerts, they do skits and they get on foolish and play songs and stuff like that. And that kind of disappeared completely. And then this teacher comes at home wanting to, you know, uncover all that music that had been covered up. And he uh, he took a really keen interest in it. And in a bunch of us who had a, an accordion group at the time, my brother actually used to be in the recording group before I was. And that was started by a fellow by the name of Dave Welchman, who came at home from, I want to say King's Point, I do believe he was from. And uh, he was the tech teacher. That was a couple of years before Mr. Colburn. So he was playing some of the accordion tunes. Mr. Colburn really kind of you know infused that kind of interest back into the thing and like made us realize oh like we can book concerts together and we can take a guitar to a house party and you know just uh yeah i can't thank him enough i'd not be playing music right now or zach for that matter he wouldn't be as well and all the i think added years that he put to the cape shore by bringing music back out there because you know it's a it's a small town small community we're only for land the future is always not so bright in those places, but I think he actually did, you know, add years to how long St. Brides and Branch and Poilance and Coslet and Patrick's Cove and Angel's Cove and all those communities will be around. Yeah, no, it is it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, hats off to to Mr. Colburn, your teacher. I mean, he just, what an incredible job and just a really, really neat story. You know, I've seen some of the videos and I've, I've heard you talk about him in the past and just, you know, real, real nice guy, obviously on top of all things. And and just, you know, what a way to kind of resurge, you know, music in, in those parts, right? I mean, in a place that's probably so rich in music that I would say someone probably, you know, growing up, maybe if, if, it, if you never knew about it, you didn't quite know about it. So, I mean, it was just something that needed to be brought to light again, right? Yeah, completely. And I mean, for us, it was always around, but we kind of didn't have any appreciation for it because we didn't understand that it was something that wasn't everywhere else. But the more like, I guess, when I got into town first and I met Aaron and, you know, other people who were really interested in traditional music, I started to realize, like, oh, we have something on the Cape Shore that you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, they're old Irish, English type of song, mostly Irish songs, but there are some great uh, story writers and recitation writers and 
tomb players and stuff that came out of there over the years as well. And there was a lot of research done in the 70s and things like that. People came over from different places, historians and different people who wanted to collect the stuff. And they got a bit of it, but they don't got all of it. There's still a lot left out there, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, why do you feel the need and want to preserve traditional Newfoundland music? I think at first it was like that idea of wanting to preserve it so much and there's probably still a bit of that but then it just kind of grew into like i enjoy it more than all other kinds of music and i enjoy doing that the most i think it has the best stories and things that you know we can look at things that are happening today in the world and look at a song that was written eons ago that can answer the problems you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah it's i'm uh Still trying to figure out why I do it. <laughs> I do what I do. Really enjoying it, yeah. Can you uh, can you talk about some of the artists that you know might have inspired you along the way? I mean, growing up, and then and and especially once you know you really kick things into gear with Rum Ragged. You know, some of the artists that you kind of look up to, and uh, you know, kind of pushed you in the right direction. Yeah, um, for the band, I think it was kind of a it still is a bit of a moving target. We, myself and Aaron, have similar but also very different types of. Uh, influence when it comes to the Newfoundland and traditional music and things that were influenced by even outside of the province that kind of predates the stuff that came here that was traditional and but I would say for myself personally I was really big Ryan's Fancy fan still am um, leaned into the more you know band driven uh energetic style of like a, a Shanaganak or a Figgy Duff. Uh, I, I would say my favorite and still is, is uh, Jim Payne. Jim was a big one because uh, he'd just done it in this really, you know, I'm, I'm not only here to serve the music and research the music and bring it to you. He was bringing a story and Jim also, of course, started to write on top of the traditional work that he'd done. And uh, if you ask me, probably one of the best writers and just doing this genuine, honest, real, I'm not here to put on any kind of show for you. I'm just here to put on a show for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, well, Jesus, Jim. And then, and, and, and I know that you've recently just been out, you know, on the road with, with uh, you did an arts and culture center tour with uh with Jim Payne and, and Fergus O'Byrne I mean that must have been a pretty nice treat for you I mean obviously you're big fans of, of both of them but it must have been nice to kind of see these guys in in their element as well and get to perform with them you know across the island especially after COVID too it must have been nice to kind of get out can you talk a little bit about some of those shows and, and getting up to Labrador as well yeah it was something we talked about for a little while because like we said we were always big fans and we recorded some of Jim's songs on the Hard Times album and <clears throat> of course the title track on the newest album Jim wrote and just been fans forever and Fergus as well uh, Fergus was the first person that ever put me on a stage out home um, he came out for like a Christmas concert when I was in grade nine ten grade ten I played Days Gone By written Freddie Freddie's song I played that in a very juvenile voice that I don't have anymore but uh, what Fergus, happened to it Mark I know all the stage God knows you've been around for a bit of what happened to it I think no uh Fergus, yeah, he uh, he played concertina with me on that concert. We we actually realized when we were leaving in Lab West that uh, it was like eleven years to the day or something that we had done that before. It was it was great. 
but the guys are you know they're pros and they've been all over the world you can tell by the stickers on the guitar cases like yeah yeah guys drove through fires in australia for <laughs> stuff like it's just the wildest stories to sit down at the end of the concerts themselves and playing the music definitely highlights but just going back to the hotel room sitting around having a yarn telling each other stories talking about this person that person and like how much those fellas really appreciate the families and places they grew up and how much that had to influence them is something that myself and Aaron kind of took from it and have started doing some more work on future music that has kind of surrounded that in of that kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And, and, and like you mentioned, Mark is, is, you know, like the thing with Jim and Fergus is like, these guys aren't trying to put on a show. I mean, you're right. They want to put on a show, but they're not putting any face on man. They're, they are who they are. I mean, and you gotta, you gotta love people like that, especially in Newfoundland folk music, because I mean, you know, like I've seen Fergus a bunch, you know, at O'Reilly's and, you know, some nights there's might not be a whole lot of people there and it's nothing on his show. It's just a different night. You know what I mean? It could be a Monday night. It could be raining. Fergus is putting on the same show as if he's doing a sold out show at the arts and culture center. I mean, it's, you got to hand it to people like that. I mean, just to have that drive and, and passion, you know, they're pros, man. And uh, they've just been doing it for, I mean, twice as long as I've been around and they, um, they, they take it so seriously because they want to put on that show because they, they care so much for the music and they are so appreciative of audiences coming out and wanting to care for the music too because it's that like, I don't know, it's like when you sit down in the conversation and you think you got something to talk about and no one wants to listen, it's not very enjoyable. <laughs> but when the boys sit down in a conversation, they find other people with like minds of wanting to hear some traditional music enjoying the story of a shanty song being about uh, coming from Sancho Bay and, you know, things like that that the guys do so well. It's mm-hmm. uh, It was a really enjoyable tour. We had great shows and COVID sold out crowds. <laughs> in there and uh, had to go up to the big land. I think the uh, probably one of the favorite shows of the whole thing was in Goose Bay. So we got there and there was a, a few people in the audience from Newfoundland, Jerry Strong, who played at our album release with us, the whistle and flute player. <laughs> And uh, you could really see that, like, you know, a lot of these people hadn't got to see or hear a lot of music come out over the last year. I'm really looking forward to getting that feeling back all this coming future that's ahead of us and (laughs) just wanting to be back out in concerts and music and getting to go out to shows and enjoy themselves. Yeah, no, no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, um, a question I I didn't have actually done up for you. I'm not going to ask you yet because I I just want to try to keep it in my head. I want to ask you about Labrador and the trip that you guys had in Torngats, but not yet. I want to ask you about that in a little bit because before we we get off the topic of Jim, I I really wanted to ask you about Sing Song Inc. And if you can kind of uh, talk about that a little bit and, and, you know, what what that is and for people who may not have any idea. Yeah, so um, Jim basically got to the point of putting music online before any of the things that we know. And he'd done it in a way that was centered around Newfoundland and Labrador music. And I'm just going to grab a quick little thing that I had previously wrote up for somebody else who asked me this question. I think it kind of nails the, hits the nail on the head for what Sing Song is. But it's, yeah, it's, um, sorry for my dead air here, Dave. <laughs> it's all good. It's all for a good reason. Yeah, Sing Song, it's just um, more or less a place to go and find Newfoundland Labrador music that you will not find anywhere else. You won't find it on Spotify. You won't find it on Apple Music. You won't find it anywhere else on the internet. It's a, a 
you can go, you can download the CDs, you can buy them hard copy and get them sent out. It's been going on for years. Uh, it's got recordings there that um, have influenced some of the stuff that we've done previous. And it's also got new recordings that uh, Jim has worked with uh, Memorial University on uncovering some of the traditional works that they had in their archives and getting contemporary and modern artists to to do the songs over, right? And it's there's a lot of cool projects there that Jim's been working on for years. But the cool part about it, and I think the reason why that we wanted to be a part of it with our new album uh, is that it supports artists in a 100% way. It's money that's not going to a multinational conglomerate that's, you know, raking in millions on artist specs. And Jim, being somebody, being an artist himself, I guess, kind of recognized that from back in the day. And he wanted to put something in place that, like, you know, it basically covers costs for what goes right back into the artist's pocket. And you know that if you're buying it, you're supporting something Newfoundland and Labrador <clears throat> that is Newfoundland and Labrador music. And uh, yeah, it's going back into the pockets of the artists who get to hopefully continue to make music because they're being supportive in a way. Because I know that people who want to buy our music, they they want to be able to support it. Like they don't want to see their 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it is, $1.99. They don't want to see 20% of that arrive in the artist's pocket. I'm sure they want to see 100% of it arrive in the people who are doing the work of making the music. And you know, you know yourself, this stuff is not cheap to to be able to make and to be able to sit down and produce albums and manufacture them. There's so much more behind it than just making the music and putting the time in that costs money for everybody. But Sing Song has been an absolute dream for the last year. Like we've been able to, you know, see our investment that went into our album actually return to us. So we're able to make another album. That's something that we're working on right now. And when we've done our music through old school, I guess, or uh, the regular ones that everybody does, it's taken us years to see a return on investment and sometimes never like, so it's, uh, it's something that we're working on the accessibility of it with Jim, because we know that convenience and things like that is a big player for everybody who wants to uh, take in music and the convenience of Spotify and things like that is definitely there and leaps and bounds ahead of some of the stuff that we've been doing with Sing Song. But I think that, you know, working with some other Newfoundland Labrador artists in different genres that we can uh, probably create something here in Newfoundland Labrador that sees the music in Newfoundland Labrador actually be supported by the people who loves and want to be a part of Newfoundland Labrador music. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is, it's truly incredible. And I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's hilariously kind of contradicting because probably a lot of folks are probably listening to us right now on Spotify, but I mean, it is, it's a great way. <laughs> But yeah. it is, I mean, Sing Song is, is it's, it's a great way to really support, you know, your the local artists. I mean, people who are really out there grinding and, and working hard. And and like you mentioned, Mark, it's it's not just to see the 20% return on, on, a, on an album or a song. So, I mean, before I, before I move on from that, can you just let everybody know where they can find Sing Song in case, in case I forget to uh, ask yeah, you at the end? If you go to singsonginc.ca or just uh, Google Rum Ragged, Thing of a fish or Jim Payne or you know Newfoundland and Labrador music, uh, you'll you'll come to it. But singsonginc.ca, and I mean to say that like you know we have some of our music on Spotify. It's not a, I mean I wouldn't how would I put this before? Um, I wouldn't expect somebody to walk five miles to buy a more expensive tin of milk, right? 
You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, we're not trying to make it difficult for anybody. We just, we want people to realize that, you know, when people are taking in music from different ways, it's not always going to support the artists that they want to support. And this is a way that you can really support the artists with singsonging.ca. No, absolutely. I mean, it's really, really neat. And there's a ton of great Newfoundland artists. I mean, a lot of, if you're into like, you know, Newfoundland folk and traditional stuff, I mean, there's so much, so much music on there that uh, it's just neat to go and have a look around, honestly. And, and you can probably pick up something that you might never have ever heard of before. And uh, just a great way to kind of connect with, with that, you know, traditional side and, and the Newfoundland side of the music for sure. And you'll like, you'll uncover stuff there. Like there's a, a record, Dorman Ralph was like 20 track record of a, um, accordion player who he was a blind accordion player used to play in the park over here before my time but like the bank of songs and tunes that you you just can't find anywhere else there on that one complete record and he was somebody who was probably not you know taking late night stages and being paid well to play his music or anything but that was somebody that jim and the people who were involved in the folk arts at the time that this is an important source of music that we should get down in a recording. And it's that type of stuff that Sing Sign has been a part of over the years that really made us want to be a part of it too. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. And by all means, anybody who's listening, you know, at home, yeah, go check it out because like you say, you could definitely find something that you might never even heard of and might become your new favorite, favorite record or something like that. Um, moving on, Mark, to a little bit of rum ragged stuff. I mean, over the years, you guys have gone through a few different members, obviously. Um, you got a bunch of records out uh let's see here 2016 self-titled album 2018 hard times uh 2018 rum ragged at christmas and more recently the juno nominated thing about fish for the traditional roots album of the year first off congratulations on that juno nomination i mean what an incredible feat i mean um you know for a traditional newfoundland band to to get recognized in that way nationally is uh, very commendable absolutely so you know congratulations to all parties involved there um What's the new? What's the the newest lineup? I mean, the 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 set lineup now. Can you talk about the members of Rum Ragged and 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 uh, and some of those albums? I mean, especially the last one, the Juno nominated one. Yeah, completely. Uh, myself and Aaron, I guess, kind of started the works of it. Or would have been 2012, maybe. Um, yeah, 2013, I would say, it'd be closer. And uh, it took us a couple of years. We were playing around in bars and always telling everybody we were making an album when we actually weren't. We were <laughs> playing around the bars and convincing people that we were keeping busy. But uh, then around 2016, um, myself and Aaron kind of brought uh, the band back to just myself and him again. <clears throat> we have been working on some of the songs that we played maybe around live, but a lot of the majority of it was stuff that we had kept to ourselves. And um, yeah, we got into the studio with Billy Sutton as a two-piece. Uh, Peter Green was in the band at the time as well and played on a couple of the bass tracks that were there on that album. And um, yeah, we just got like, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like this fire underneath us that didn't seem to want to go out and we wanted to keep recording and wanted to keep touring. And we, we really, as you know, you were around for all of it and uh, we never, never cooled it. We never stopped at any point. And always finding new things to do and new places to go and new markets to try to get into and just wanting to play for different people. And uh, then we got into uh, Mike and Anthony joined the band uh, right around the time we'd done the Lambs Nation song. And, they uh, haven't murdered uh, a place. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. 
funny story when we done that anniversary festival. I done the second verse first and the first verse second. Shocking. <laughs> and uh, then they uh, so they gave us um, they gave us some money, and we decided that uh, the best way to spend that money was a Christmas album. Like I don't know where we come up. I mean, that was a nice little win, though. I mean, I mean. It wasn't like they were gifted that. I mean, you worked, you wrote a song for it. I mean, and yeah. you, you had the social media presence, which was huge part of, of that competition. But I mean, that was a nice little haul. I mean, that definitely helped the, uh, like you said, the Christmas album for sure. Yeah, we actually, we attended like two buyers conferences and made a Christmas album out of it. And uh, the buyers conferences got us gigs on the mainland that got us into a bunch of different uh, festivals that got us seen by a bunch of different festival buyers that got us more festivals and you know just a really cool domino effect after that one that seemed to be and then we got in just after the christmas album we got in to make the hard times one and anthony and mike were there for that as well and uh, just after that uh, anthony and mike and myself and aaron kind of sat down and we realized that you know the way things were working it was going to be a difficult battle in the next couple of years to make things work for all four of us and the boys had some jobs lined up that they could get back into and really wanted to spend some more time with family and being home here in newfoundland Anthony wanted to go hunting and <laughs> Ben and Kate and Mike were, uh, you know, starting a family and raising a family together. And <clears throat> it made more sense. And myself and Aaron just really wanted to continue to push ahead with the idea of Rum Ragged. So we, at that point, um, had uh, Matt Hornell joined us for a bit. Um, we had... Hornell was up in Torngats with you, right? Oh, listen to Torngats. Yeah, Mike was still with us at that point as right, well. Right. And uh, yeah, so Hornell and Matt were, uh, Matt and uh, Mike were still in there at the same time. And then uh, Colin Grant uh, from Cape Breton, who we met in Trinidad doing a TV show with um, Fabian James's company there. Um, mm -hmm. Can't remember the name for the life. Club One. Uh, new releases, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we went to Trinidad with that. And Dave was down there, or um, sorry, Colin was down there with Dave Sampson. And uh, Colin was like one of the only ones who could stay up with us all night and play <laughs> games. So we're like, yeah, just get him in the band. And uh, yeah, he joined and came over here and we um, we done some recording. So the the last album, The Thing About Fish, was done with just myself, Aaron, Colin, and Billy Sutton, who's produced all of our albums. And uh, Billy played on that one as well. And Mike actually has a couple of bass tracks on her. But um, the current lineup is myself, Aaron, Colin, and our good buddy, Zach Nash, from Branch, who I went to kindergarten to grade 12, all through school together, has been a buddy all my life, big Metallica fan. So we'd be <laughs> like, yeah, man, you should play the banjo in a tri band. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I just uh, myself and Aaron were sitting there, we're like, we need a fourth member. What's the best plan of action to look for somebody? And we had all these great players who were, you know, known fantastic players in the mainland and even some people around who, you know, they were busy with this thing or that thing or, you know, maybe just not the complete perfect fit for our personalities in the band. And we um, we both sat down with Zach and just out on out for a bite to eat and not even thinking about it, the band thing. And when we left the bite to eat, myself and Aaron were like, why don't we just see if Zach can learn how to play all the stuff? He's a good fella. He wants to work at it. He wants to be a musician. He's also an incredible musician too. Zach is like, I mean, That's he's so thing, gifted. Right? I mean, I, oh. I know he's a Metallica fan or whatever, but I mean, yeah. you can pretty much hand this guy any instrument and he can noodle away on it at least. You know what I mean? We, he played lead guitar and drums all I knew him. And then it was like, no, maybe it was like the first of November, maybe September. And we were, yeah, it was September month. And I was like, uh, you know, I've joined a band. 
we got some Christmas shows coming up in December. Here's a Christmas album. Can you learn it? And he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, what do you want me to play on it? I was like, here's a banjo. Bottom banjo. Here's a bazooki. Here's a goron. Here's a bass. And in those short, in that short amount of time, he learned how to do all that stuff. And he's like, you know, he's starting to come into his own with making up his own ideas for the music and really getting into the traditional music. Because the funny thing is when Zach's from Branch, which is like, you know, Simbrides has some music and had music over the years, but Branch is the bed of traditional music on the Cape Shore and Zach's father writes songs and, you know, the accordion player across the road, his godfather, like there, it's, he grew up in the pocket of it. Now he's just starting to go back and uncover all these things that he's seen over the years and known. It's a, it's a cool part, to, it's a cool thing to have him a part of it because it kind of feels like when myself and Aaron started the band, it kind of feels like the same way. I felt with going back and finding the stuff and finding new appreciation for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, and he's a great fella too. I mean, that's oh, a big yeah. part. That's a big part of band. I mean, it's, Mine it's actually band. a bigger part than people actually realize is actually having good fellas in the band as opposed to awesome players. I'm not saying he's not a good player at all. He's actually no, a really absolutely. incredible player, but I just mean that it's, it's so much better to have good people in the band who you'd rather work with and, and um who you'd rather who you'd rather work with and um you know just have have be around all the time i mean that's what kind of makes the whole process more enjoyable right absolutely man and just like you know you got to drive in a van with somebody for seven hours to the next gig you want to get along with them right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and so yeah knowing full well that i obviously got along with zach and myself and zach and aaron got along Colin comes in, all four of us gets along. We sit down, we, you know, there's never been an issue with our band. We've never had like a a blow up or a, everybody, like a lot of the older bands always says to us, it's like, you know, you're going to end up fighting one day. And I was like, no, knock on wood, but I really don't see it happening. We get along, we we're honest with each other. Everything's on the table. Why not? Why not do it forever? You know? Yeah, that's right. No, absolutely. Uh, Mark, I mean, you guys have done some really incredible shows over the years and, you know, fingers crossed that there's only more in the future. I mean, uh, just just to kind of name a few. I mean, let me see here. You performed for Her Majesty's Royal Canadian Navy in Scotland. I remember us talking about that trip. I know you had a really enjoyable time over in Scotland. Uh, you performed with the Prime Minister of Canada on Parliament Hill. I remember that as well. I mean, that was a pretty neat experience. And you've also uh, played the Milwaukee Irish Festival, which is, that's, I mean, this is only three of the shows, but I mean, you've done a, a whole bunch, but I mean, those are three that kind of stuck out in my mind. And, you know, Milwaukee is obviously probably the biggest Irish festival in the world. I mean, in North America, probably for sure. Uh, and I, and I know the Scotland trip, but I mean, you've done the down home cruise with, uh, with Shani and, and, uh, I mean, we've been on East coast kitchen parties together. Uh, you've been to Trinidad with the, with, with the club one new releases. Um, I mean, you've done a lot of traveling. I mean, what's that meant to you to be able to kind of showcase yourself and, and showcase the band and in, in different parts of the world. Favorite thing to do, man, just like go to different people and explain to them what Newfoundland Labrador is and explain it through song and stories. It's, I can't think of anything better. It's like, it's the happiest I get. It's, it's uh, you know, when you can go down to yeah, the largest gathering for an Irish festival in the world is Milwaukee and you're down there explaining to people how people came to Branch well before they ever came to New York and you're they're like, nobody understands what Newfoundland is down there and you got to explain it to them and you're and 
just as we walked off the stage, the minister of the Irish diaspora for Ireland walks up on the stage. He's like, yeah, I visited Newfoundland last year. It's like, they were here before all of you. <laughs> like they, that's where a bunch of, you know, the first settlers came from Ireland. And <clears throat> you, t you do songs down there that they're like, you know, this is obviously an Irish song. And you got the high king sitting in the audience coming up to you after asking you where the song came from because they never heard it before, but it's obviously an Irish song. Right. And it's pretty neat, know, man. That's incredible. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a cool thing to just go to explain people all about, you know, Newfoundland Labrador culture and where, what we are here. And I think you're going to see a lot more people coming to visit here because of, you know, not only bands like ourselves, but many different bands that go out. I mean, you write music centered around Newfoundland. We've done one together on your last album. And, um, you know, people are going to start coming here because of the music and the art that everybody's creating here and bringing to the world and not just keeping it under our own roof anymore, but spreading it around and showing people, you know, you have to come from away, stuff on the go and all these different things that are shedding a light on Newfoundland in a way that it never had a light shed on it before, Newfoundland and Labrador. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You mentioned Labrador. I do want to ask you about the Touring yeah. Gap, man. I, wanted, I want you to explain that trip to anybody who... Hadn't heard this story. I mean, it was an incredible story of what happened to you guys. And I mean, and just the experience itself. Can you just talk a little bit about it and what kind of happened there? Completely, yeah. Um, a couple of weeks out of, I guess, doing it. It was right in the middle of summer too, right? Like right yeah. in the middle of like festival season. It was, yeah. We were, it was just like one of these things that people had talked to us about before. We knew them once and uh, maybe the fortunate ones, a couple of different bands had, uh, been there before but also just some different friends of uh, photographers and things like that have told us about this absolutely like majestic beautiful place on the tip of northern labrador that you know people don't live but the history of the people and the absolute like natural beauty of the place is something that you just can't miss if you ever get the opportunity so when we got a call about it and we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And they're like, well, you know, end of July, early August, work out for you four days. And they're like, yeah, sounds good. And they're like, you know, we'll fly you up. <laughs> exactly. Four days. And uh, so we packed for four days and, and made our way up there, took our instruments to play some music for some of the, the people who had, because uh, they sell the packages to go on a tourist experience there as well. And there was this place of... is very isolated, right? Like, I mean, how do you even get there? Like, what's the trip like to get there? We flew to Goose Bay. Then we took a plane to a landing strip. I think it was called Segleg. Like there's nothing there. It's just a landing strip in the middle of nature. And um, then we took a helicopter from there to the Tongass base camp. Right. And that's where we chilled out for, well, it was supposed to be four days, but turned into like 10 or more. And I don't even remember. And it started to cut into like our gigs, but I mean, you know, we're stressing out for all these things. So as soon as we get back, one of the first things that was said to us, and I'll go back to how we got back down once, but one of the first things that was said to us, like, but I was never going back there again. And I was like, man, I'll go back tomorrow. Like, it was unreal, beautiful. I feel like there's still so much of it I haven't got to see, so much of it to learn about and really like sink in. I mean, we were like, you know, chilling out by natural glaciers and seeing polar bears and seals and, catching chair off the side of a zodiac every day because well when we were there for more than four days started to run out of a bit of nice options for supper and we <laughs> get some chair <clears throat> but for, for anybody who's listening what could they search up right now what could they google search just just to see 
Because I remember you showing me the pictures, but why could they search up to have a look at? Torngat's base camp. Yeah, so just 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 Google search that, and and you'll see where where the guys stayed and where they played and and yeah. where they got stuck to. You know, essentially. I mean, everybody who worked there, everybody who was a part of it, um, complete like gems. Like we we worked with Pal, uh, got us up there actually, Provincial Airlines and and Borealis, and they um, they were kind of running the camp that year with the people from uh, Paris, Canada, and. Um, and the experiences, the stories, like we went to Hebron, a place that was resettled um, in a very, I don't even have a word for it, a very disturbing manner, if you ask me. It, it was a resettled a pile of the, the people who lived there had to move to Nain and were promised houses and there was no houses. They were, you know, completely uprooted and done so in a way that they had I believe it was a government official came into the church. They were taught to never speak back in church. And that's when it was announced to them that they were moving. So they were, you know, in religious fear to not speak back of the issue of completely uprooting them from their homes and moving them to somewhere. And these are people who, you know, our homes today are basically four walls and places that we sleep. These are people that, literally lived off of their home in the area they lived in. They had hunting grounds and fishing grounds that were in their families for eons. And they got uprooted and moved to Nain, nowhere to live, nowhere to stay, nowhere to fish, nowhere to hunt, and turned to schools that were, they were made to speak English in. I mean, just the place was called Hebron. I mean, I've only ever known Hebron to be an oil field. And is that not some kind of weird, twisted thing? If you, mm -hmm. uh, And... Yeah, so there's like stories like that that go on forever in those areas and the people there who tell you, you know, how their culture basically got decimated by the idea of a white man coming in and telling them how to do things differently. Um, completely, I mean, growing up in St. Brides, I didn't know much about that stuff at all. So that was eye-opening. But on the other side of the trip was the absolute beauty that the nature holds there. And getting out and going for a hike to the top of the mountain and you know our guide telling us you know you can eat that type of flower or you can you know check out the polar bear over there on the point and you have to like take binoculars to see it and like yeah it was an unreal trip but finally I guess a couple of too many days that we were laid over due to fog because like a piece broke off of a glacier that caused a massive pile of fog to come down through at the time and uh, we were missing we missed a tour in nova scotia a tour in new brunswick and we were sitting in this place and every morning we'd wake up and come outside of our huts and be like uh well it's uh lactic fog again today we're not getting out and uh i guess we're going to go back down to the spot and have a cup of tea and a few bickies and back up to the hut and go to bed again and uh, we'd always sit around and play a few songs with everybody and then the nights but it got like you know more days and more cancellations and we were getting pretty worried about the whole state of things Finally, one day they were like, look, we're going to put you on a boat to make sure that you get home for the Newfoundland Folk Festival because we had to close the Newfoundland Folk Festival. On the yeah, you were headlining the Folk Festival that, that yeah. summer, yeah. And um, yeah, so Pal was a sponsor of the Folk Festival. So they were kind of adamant on wanting to get us home for that too. So they put us in a uh, boat, this fellow Willie Fox and his son Billy, 
Uh, Billy and Billy Fox. Billy and Billy Fox, man. Yeah, 18 hours. I can't remember the name of the boat, but I definitely have a, a picture of it somewhere there. And uh, we were 18 hours steaming from there to Nain. We down the coast of Labrador. Guys were great. Like Willie's up in the front of the in the cabin of the boat while the guys were all asleep at this point. And we all kind of took shifts with Willie just to give him something to talk to. And uh, Willie's up in the front of the boat telling me about hanging out with Eddie Coffey back in the 80s <laughs> and like, you know, great. Yeah, it's getting the stories out of the people up towards the best of them. So we get to Nain and uh, we hang out there for a couple of hours. This is an open air boat too. You're not like inside. Oh, we, we were inside for the 18 hours. Okay, right, right. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I'd spend some time up on the top of the roof and stuff like that. Just because, yeah, yeah. you know, all of us were jammed into the small little spot in this boat. But uh, yeah, we got... Um, Got to Nane, got into a few, shared a couple of hotel rooms to get some showers. And then we were told that there's somebody coming in an open speedboat to take us to Hopewell. <laughs> Five hours on the Labrador Sea in an open speedboat. We're not dressed for that. So we all like puts on three pairs of jeans each, <laughs> covers up in a few sweaters and um, a few hats, gets in the boat. But man, like, you know, you're skipping outside of Davis Inlet. Well, actually, we were doing to see Davis in so we're skipping outside of different places, like you know, moving along in the boat because we've got to get there on time because they have a plane in Hopedale to bring us to Goose Bay to bring us to St. John's. And we're cutting our clothes in time, but we're like looking up at each other, and there's like ducks flying next to the boat, and you're seeing things that nobody is like nobody would choose to experience it this way, but I think more people should. It was right, right, it was beautiful. Like, how often did we look up at each other? Myself and Matt Arnell were sitting face-to-face and um, Aaron and Mike were sitting face-to-face and two of the guys were kind of head down for a bit and I remember looking up and Matt just being like like just nodding his head and smiling at me I'm like yeah this is great like good life so we got to Hopedale they gave us a feed of chicken and fries each put us on to the to the uh, plane we flew into Goose Bay flew right to St. John's had a nap and closed the folk festival the next day. No time for a haircut either. We were all pretty tangly looking at that time. But uh, yeah, man, it was experience for a lifetime. Like I said, I'd do it again. Um, what they're doing at the Tongats uh, just to, you know, show people culture, show people parts of the world that you're never going to uh, understand until you, you really get there. Let pictures do it. No justice. Northern Lights coming out, dancing every night. Like, I mean, like stuff that just unbelievable scenes, people. I'd recommend it to anybody. I think everybody should go and see it. I mean, I don't understand how in Newfoundland some kids have seen Ottawa, Toronto, Rome, all parts of the world, but we've not been to Labrador. Like, it'd be cool to see some more youth groups get to go up and see those places. Yeah, you're right, man. It is absolutely incredible up there. I mean, I've only I've only been to Goose Bay and, and just alone that I mean was was absolutely amazing. And I can't even imagine the more north you get, just like you like you mentioned, Mark, that the natural beauty and just the landscapes and I mean the people too. Like the people are just incredible. It's a completely different world. I mean, a really, really beautiful, beautiful people, right? Oh my god, yeah. No, I'm uh, I yeah, I can't say enough about it. Can't wait to go back. Mark, I was doing a little research on you. Um, <laughs> not, nothing too, nothing bad, nothing bad. I, I, I won't bury you or anything. But I was doing a little research. One cool thing that I noticed about Rum Ragged, do you know that, um, where do I got it here to? Do you know you can find tabs on the biggest tab site in the world for Rum Ragged? Somebody yeah. spent the time to write out Rum Ragged <laughs> chords and tabs on ultimateguitar.com. Oh, 
away. That's yeah. Cool. So I mean, I used to learn some hits every now and again when I was starting to play. Yeah. Exactly, man. Me too. I mean, that was always like a kind of a resource for me when I was first starting to play. It was Ultimate Guitar. And uh, I just, I typed in Rum Ragged and like the sixth or seventh hit was Ultimate Guitar, Rum Ragged Chords. I, anyways, I thought I'd throw that in there. It was, uh, it was pretty neat. Um, another thing, Mark, I mean, you know, over the years, you know, especially, you know, locally, you guys have been nominated and you've won a ton of awards. I mean, through, through Music and L, um, you know, uh, ECMA, uh, obviously the most recent nomination for the Juno Award, uh, Canadian Folk Award nominations, um, but more so, you know, and, and I know you're big supporters of, of Fred Rec Fred's records as, as well. I mean, what, what, what does it mean to you to kind of support local? And what about like some of those organizations like, like Music and L and, and, and uh, you know, Fred's records and the support that they give to kind of local musicians? Yeah, man, um, you know, we've certainly been lucky with some of the award stuff. They're great. Um, it's great to be recognized for the work that you do and it makes you want to do more work. Um, more than anything, those awards really work to get us more gigs and festival gigs and people like to, you know, see that stuff when you're trying to go play for them. But uh, yeah, what it really means is being able to get the recognition on a larger scale so that you can bring it back to local and push people toward a Fred's Records or a Sing Song Inc. and let people know that Music and L is doing good things and helping out artists here in Newfoundland to, to get to spread their music around the world. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, and I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I mean, you know, Fred's Records are huge supporters of, of, of local musicians and, and local artists and, and, and same with music and L. I mean, it's just, it's just nice. Uh, hopefully everything kind of gets back in order. We can kind of get some of the showcases back together and, 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 you know, some of the buyers and, and uh, you know, just the, the music and L week, I mean, it's always a good laugh too. It's always just funny just to get everyone oh, yeah. together. And especially you put it out in a place. Like I remember the last one we were at was Twilling Gate. I mean, it's just a riot out there as you just basically, you know, a hundred musicians from Newfoundland just, get together in, in, in Twilling Gate and, and kind of take over the community. It's, it's, it's really, really neat. Um, I had Mike Lynch on last episode, uh, who is obviously like, you know, he's, he's undeniably hilarious. I mean, he had me laughing the whole episode, but I asked him about um, the Rum Ragged video for ladies, man. I mean, I w I'd like to get your input. And I think people who listen to the podcast would probably get a little kick out of that as well, because um, he mentioned that a lot of that was your idea to get, to get Mike to do that. Right. It's funny because like I listened to it and I was like, man, I definitely asked him, but I remember it slightly different. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. No, I. Uh, Witty bringing up some some beef <laughs> on the on the podcast. I um, I called him uh, up about it and I, I, we had the idea. Myself and Aaron sitting down one day, just you know, talking foolishness, and we were like, the ladies' man would be hilarious if Cecil, Mike's character Cecil, was the ladies' man. And we had this idea of the intro of the song being very like, this sounds a bit burnt out, but like being very <laughs> like Batman-esque, you know, like pulling on the rubbers and right, right, you know, like doing up scaling the building with the roll, <laughs> right, kind of exactly. thing, like, like preparing, getting in suit, and all of a sudden it comes in and plays <laughs> next door. And um, Mike is like, yeah, 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 but uh, call you back in a minute. And uh, calls me back and says, like, yeah, what was the idea? What if I was all the women? And that's how I remember it. Okay, right on. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's how I remember Mike being of the idea that he should be, he should do all the women in the in the in the story, and it turned out to be hilarious. I mean, you know, we were standing up on the lawn. He's like, "Yeah, we need someone to uh, 
oh, someone who's getting like a record, like, you know, somebody who's going to fight him there. Who, who'd you give a shout for that? And I was like, man, Terry Ryan, definitely. Like, Kyle Terry, Terry was down writing his second book down at Mon at the time, hops in the car. I was like, Terry, can you come up? Like, literally day off. And he was like, hops in the car. I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'll be there. No trouble. <laughs> Actually, the driveway comes in, throws a few punches. And, you know, I'd never worked with Terry in any kind of way. And that, like, you know, knowing Terry, seen him around super pro man like, oh yeah absolutely man oh, he really man. is like, knows what he's doing comes in gets it done it, yeah it was hilarious to make the video and justin and johnny was there yeah you know it, it took a couple of months to actually getting it together we done the playing scenes were down in the basement of chris andrew's house and the uh the actual land scenes were towards st phillips there somewhere but uh yeah, man, hilarious video. Got a lot of different uh, attention. We just wanted to do something fun, man. We it is, and you know, one thing I I I especially liked about that is, I mean, it kind of just shows like a band's kind of listen. It's not all one hundred percent serious all the time. Like we love having a laugh too. You know what yeah, I mean? Like we take it seriously, but it's all about having a bit of a laugh too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we definitely take it serious, but seldom is it one hundred percent serious. It's actually more often that we're joking around and having fun with it because that's like you know we love finding a good old song that you know, speaks to you in a proper way okay, and something serious, some serious topic, but like how hilarious is it to find something that you can make musical and, you know, kind of a good tune to listen to, but also got this hilarious story behind it. And then you pair in, you look at things like, you know, wonderful grand band stuff over the years, stuff that we all enjoyed and got great entertainment out of not just on a musical basis, but on comedy and skits and which, uh, you know, is, something that we want to do more of when working with people like Mike and the Outhouse Boys and Mom's Girls uh, here in Newfoundland. We've talked about working with them before, hoping to do that in the future. Um, the boys from Half Handsome. Um, yeah, there's a ton of different really good comedy troops kind of stuff that's coming up in Newfoundland and Labrador. And we're hoping to get to do more of that, pairing of the music with that stuff over the years. Well, you know what? In some small sense, you actually are really. I mean, I know the last couple of summers you've kind of switched your, not switched, but I mean, you've shifted your your um, artistic ability. I mean, you've been working with the Rising Tide Theater out in Trinity, uh, yourself and Aaron. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and what, what's been going on out in Trinity the last couple of summers? Yeah, well, um, I guess uh, it kind of started, I guess it started even before that. I mean, I, I saw Jim Payne for the first time in a review concert. And the review is a rising tide production they put off every year that kind of uh, goes over the year in news and politics and just, you know, local news here in Newfoundland and Labrador and makes skit comedy or songs, uh, parody songs and things out of all the things that unfolded in the year. So Jim was uh, taking a year off it there two years back. And uh, so I got a call about doing it. And then we were able to rope Aaron into doing it as well. And we done the review show that year. So we got to go out and sit down and write comedy skit songs. And, you know, it, it got to be something that we were extremely worried about when we first began. But, you know, this is going to be very strange for us. But it got to be something that we we realized we were doing all the time anyway. We were doing it in the van. Like, we we constantly be, you know, saying puns, jokes while we were driving places, making up different words to songs. And um, it kind of came a little bit naturally in that way. But the acting thing itself is still something that we're working on. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a trick. But, I actually uh, had tickets for your uh, the review show. It was the Night of Snowmageddon. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we, oh, man. What a tour that was. Yeah. It ended up ending in St. John's again because of the Snowmageddon cancel mm -hmm. concerts. We never got to Labrador because of snowstorms. Um, Bonavista got canceled because of snowstorms in that one. 
but I guess it spun out of that. We made a great uh, connection with like the people we worked with there, including the artistic director, Donna Bosch of Rising Tide. And uh, last summer she offered us to come down and be a part of her uh, summer season in Trinity and uh, be a part of the variety show that they put off there, which is a bit of music, a bit of skit comedy, something similar to the review on a little bit of a smaller, more stationary scale, I suppose. And um, we got to play for a lot of people just, uh, you know, staycationing last summer. And we uh, we seen the summer coming around again without too much movement on the ability to be able to go back traveling and touring. And we were presented with the opportunity to go back down again this summer. Thought it'd be a great idea. And we're a couple of weeks into it now and starting to get some full houses shows. And it's great to be working with people who come from different um, uh, mediums of art to be able to learn from them. Like, uh, you know, you're working with uh, Stuart Simpson and uh, Mallory Fisher and Grant Tilly and Amelia Manuel and, you know, tons of just really talented, smart people who can sit down and have no trouble to sit down and talk to you and explain things that you don't understand and, you know, just have chats about things that I wouldn't be able to have chats with people like, you know, just in our, our own medium of just doing music. Like, you know, we don't understand the intricacies of and the nuances of acting, I suppose, you know, and sit down and talk about those things. It's, it's interesting for us. We'll learn some new things and I'm sure that they're uh, probably picking up a few odds and ends about the music stuff from us too. That's right. No, absolutely. I, I would be willing to bet they, they certainly are. Uh, how long does that go on for? Like, How often do you do shows and, and when does the it would kind of conclude in the season? We'll be every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Thursday night is a play uh, that was put together by um, Trina Brownwell from Come From Away. Uh, it's called A Marvelous Terrible Place. And um, it's uh, based around stories in Newfoundland and songs in Newfoundland. And it's, you know, some of it's funny. Some of it is very honest and, you know, on the sleeve and heartfelt stories. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's a good show. It's on Thursday nights. That's done in the parish hall while we're out there. And then in the theater itself on Friday and Saturday nights, we do the variety show. And then we're uh, back into town for uh, Thursday to Wednesdays to be piecing stuff together. We're looking at the summer doing that right up until the 6th of September. And um, we're going to be heading to uh, Carboneer for one. Colin's actually going to make it down for a week in August now. Uh, we've not told anybody that. So there you go. Now we're Breaking news. Now we're telling everybody, yeah. Uh, he's coming down for a week in August. Uh, we're hoping to get out to Twillingate. A lot of unfortunate things happen during the week, so we're seeing what happens with uh, how that pans out with 618 and if we're going to be able to get out there for the show on the 15th. And um, then we're going to kick around, do some video work, home here, and uh, try to get right back at it in the fall. And then just, uh, I can't wait to go places again and tell people about Newfoundland Live Reviews. <laughs> people love breaking news on this podcast for some reason. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Brent Mack broke the news of his ice cream truck i mean there's been a couple other ones it's really really funny but um i mean i was going to ask you what what's kind of in store but you kind of just nailed it to be honest with you i mean that's kind of what you're working on the summer uh, i'm sure you got you know you're, you're working hard to try to get some stuff lined up with the fall it's still obviously a little tough i mean to really really put some serious plans into stuff but it's nice to kind of get the thoughts going and and get the get the uh the process back in action i, I would imagine absolutely man and like you know we were waiting around for the right thing for uh, for this summer and you know the right thing hit with trinity and we went to do that but now i'm kind of more thinking like you know if the right things are not there in october and and september october november we're just going to make them we're going to go and I, i'll play the letter opening man i don't i don't care I just <laughs> go play music at this point i'm putting it together and we're going to go away and play music it's, 
simple as that. Yeah, no, absolutely, Mark. Um, thanks again, man, for coming on today. I, I really, really appreciate you taking a bit of time out of your day. You're extremely busy and uh, you're, you're gracious enough to really jump on today. So I really, really want to thank you for doing that. Um, for anybody who's uh, anybody who's at home who wants to find uh, Rum Ragged, where can we find you? We're on all the... Um... I feel like at home said the other day, I'm on all the Instagrams, but uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram, um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, all the social media accounts, Rum Ragged, uh, nice and easy. Um, Rumragged.com as well. Uh, we can be found. The music that we want you to listen to is on singsonginc.ca, and it's also on uh, you know the Spotify and Apple Music for some of our older albums. Uh, yeah, we're hoping to get to play for uh, everybody real soon. If you're listening today, please keep tuning into uh, Woody's podcast. It's cool what you're doing here, man. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. It was cool to see other uh, musicians who were doing a lot of the same things we were start to pair off into different things that they uh, had interest in, you know. And you were interested in podcasts, and you just you did it. You you put together a podcast. You made a podcast. You continue to do it, and uh, that's cool. I'm I'm liking it. Thanks, man. Well, thank you very much. That was really kind to you, Mark. God love you. You're a sweetheart. Um, once again, thanks again, uh, Mark. Really, really appreciate it, man. And um, I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon, probably tonight. <laughs> yeah, we might see you before I go to Trinity again tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks again, man. Peace. Huge thanks to Mark Manning for coming on. Uh, you know, one of my best friends in the world. We spend a lot of time together and we hang out often, play music together. We do a lot of shows together. And obviously Mark was was featured on my last album, um, Talking Back Fool, where he, uh, he, he you know, sang on, on the song St. John's with me, which was uh, a real treat to have Mark on there. And, and it was a real treat to have Mark on the podcast. I mean, a lot of those stories I've heard before, but I think that it was a nice way to, you know, for folks who, who may not may not know Mark or, or know, not know Rum Ragged to to uh to hear some of those stories I, you know the torn gat story is wild i mean just the, the, the coming down the labrador coast and a little speedboat is is nuts and um you know really looking forward to seeing what's in the in the future for rum ragged um and you know incredible feat to get nominated for a juno you just you, you know these guys work so hard guys you have no idea how hard this band works and you know for anybody who's not you know, from Newfoundland or, or, you know, has never been in a band or, or toured. You have to understand how difficult it is to tour out of St. John's. Like, it's not just it's not just as easy as, if, you know, if you're in Toronto, you can pretty much go play any surrounding major city in a 10-hour drive. I mean, if, if you drive 10 hours from St. John's, you're in Port of Basque, and then you got to get a ferry, you know, and then you're only in Cape Breton, and then it's another five hours to Halifax, which is the next biggest city here to St. John's. So it's like, you know, you're looking at two days just to get to, to get to Halifax, so it's a you know it's it's an incredible feat to tour out of out of St. John. So you and you, you got to hand it to the guys who they who do that and 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 Rum Ragged are definitely one of them. So uh, you know big thanks to Mark and and Rum Ragged, uh, you know for coming on there. That was a real nice chat. Uh, like I mentioned, guys, uh, got a busy week of of tunes coming up, and uh, you know I'm in Dildo on Saturday, and I'm at Kelly's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You can always catch me at Greensleeves on Sundays as well. So looking like a real big busy uh, weekend or big busy, busy uh, summer full of music, which is great. Great to be back on stage. Great to be performing for people. Uh, hoping to get some more uh, more writing done myself and hopefully get a new little release going. Hopefully in the fall is if, uh, you know, all stars align. We'll see what happens. Um, that about does it for me, guys. Thanks, everybody who's been tuning into the podcast. You know, if you want to follow me, you know, you can get me on. On all social media, on Facebook, Dave Witty, Instagram, Twitter, Dave Witty. 
And um, you can check out my website, DaveWitty.com, of course. And, uh, you know, please like and subscribe uh, to my YouTube channel and, and, and you on Spotify and all that stuff. And thanks for all the shares. I uh, really, really appreciate it. It goes a long way, especially in the social media world. Um, yeah, that about does it for me. So, uh, you know, from downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, I'm Dave Witty. Peace.